You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show focusing on industrial, social and workplace issues, distributed nationally on the Community Radio Network. Stick Together would like to acknowledge that this program was produced on the lands of the Kulin Nation and pay our respect to elders past and present. We acknowledge this land was never ceded and we stand in solidarity with Aboriginal people across the continent in their fight for land, freedom and justice. I'm your host, James Brennan. Thank you for joining me on Stick Together for this episode. Thank you to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their ongoing support of the program. On this episode, we're speaking with Sue and Jacob from Socialist Alliance about the Eco-Socialism Conference taking place in Melbourne at the Victorian Trades Hall. For those that are listening to this in other parts of the country, or perhaps after the conference has taken place, I want to let you know that there will be recordings available on the sessions, and they'll be played on Community Radio 3CR on this show, Stick Together, and across other shows. So stay tuned to hear some of the sessions of the conference. If there are particular sessions that you would like to hear, get in touch with us and we can direct you to where you might be able to hear them. Thanks for listening and here's the interview with Sue and Jacob. I'll talk to you at the end of the show. And before we get into the interview, I'm going to play you a song and it's from Xavier Rudd and it's called Free the People. It's from a new album of his. So I hope you enjoy that and then we'll get on with the interview.
So welcome to another episode of Stick Together. And I've got Jacob and Sue I'm going to be about to speak to in a moment from Socialist Alliance. They're going to be talking about eco-socialism, which is a conference happening in Melbourne over this first weekend of July. Now, firstly, Jacob, Sue, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, James. Thanks, James, for, um, for inviting us to be a part of your program. I think one of the first things, you know, looking through the conference and, you know, we can get into some of the things that you're both kind of looking forward to wanting to talk about and some of your kind of highlights over the weekend. But one of the things that really struck out to me is there's obviously a focus on some of the kind of local issues over the weekend, um, but there's quite a lot of guest speakers from around Asia. And, and I really, I think, you know, connecting some on some countries that we don't necessarily always focus on, I think, in Australian left politics. Was that a deliberate, uh, you know, kind of strategy to to talk about some of the issues and, and perhaps, um, you know, some of the struggles going on that are sometimes left out of the dialogue that we have? I guess to kind of start off, I mean, one of the kind of themes of the conference is a world kind of beyond capitalism. There's at least two political events that I guess have shaped this kind of conference agenda. I mean, the first one is obviously the, the climate crisis. Um, we're, we're living basically in a, in a, in a sense, a climate kind of emergency. You know, most of the world's governments are, in a sense, not um, not acting very much in the best interest of, of of addressing the climate. Probably one of the one of the kind of um, one of the things about the climate crisis is it's disproportionately impacting on on the global south. And in fact, it's going to be the global south that is going to bear uh, the brunt of of, of the costs um, for 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 the climate crisis, which has very much been driven by capitalism's endless need um, for growth. Um, and I guess the second kind of uh, issue that's obviously shaping, um, that shapes this conference is we're basically in this kind of time of, of, of war, you know, with the, with the whole Ukraine war that's, that's happening in the background. We also, but we also have the whole, the whole drive to war against China. And in fact, one of the kind of most important kind of topics that the eco-social in 2023 is hoping to kind of cover is the, guess, the ecological and social impacts of the kind of new surge in global military spending. In fact, there was research done by the Stockholm International Peace Institute um, that on April 24th um, found that global military expenditure has risen by more by 3.7% in real terms, you know, to reach a new high of 2.24 trillion. Now, going into the next point, I mean, that, that, that was one of the reasons why we wanted to bring a lot of these sort of um, socialist activists from the Asia Pacific together, because in a sense, they're the kind of voices that are since not being kind of represented in the kind of mainstream sort of discourse. But there's also the fact that we're holding this, um, we're holding this conference on so-called Australia and very much, um, you know, we, Australia is playing a very much a key role in driving this sort of war drive. Which is actually get a disproportionately impact on, you know, a lot of these Asian nations, like countries like um, the Philippines, who will be who will be featured at, at this conference. Um, and then there's also the role that, um, what is the role that countries like where does do countries like Pakistan and India and Malaysia kind of fit in? So we wanted to kind of bring all those sort of activists kind of together um, to be able to kind of discuss those kind of topics and respond how can we respond and build a more effective um, work, um, got movement for you know for socialism and you know to campaign for a world beyond capitalism and there's a couple of talks you mentioned india there and i wanted to you know kind of hone in a little bit on on those talks as well because obviously you know india does have you know quite a, a good relationship 
with Australia uh, politically. And, you know, Anthony Albanese, the Prime Minister, was there uh, earlier this year. Really, um, and I think, you know, that does have a real shape on what you were talking about, Jacob, in it's kind of shaping up as there's China and who who's going to be shaping up around the, the region to... Um, be not China. And Australia is really positioning itself with India there and obviously tries to have kind of, um, you know, soft relations through cricket and, and other kind of things like that. But there's a couple of talks that are happening uh, around on India, one on the caste and class situation in India. And also there's a speaker from the Communist Party of India. I wonder if you can talk a bit about what the kind of, you know, we don't really hear about like the left-wing movements and politics in India. What are some of the things that that speaker and, and kind of the influence of the Communist Party in India? Well, just to make a correction, because there, there's a lot of um, communist parties within India, um, the speaker that we have um, is Clifton D. Rosero, who is going to be speaking from the Communist Party of India, Marxist-Leninist Liberation. I just um, think that's probably uh, important to sort of um, correct, because um, there's a lot of communist parties in India, and they don't all play necessarily play the kind of same kind of political role. But one of the main things that um, Clifton is going to be talking about is he's very much going to be talking about the nature of what the kind of Modi government represents because there's a lot of hypocrisy from from the the Albanese government at the moment. They talk about you know how we we have this kind of we live in a kind of rule based or um, order that respects you know liberal democratic values etc. But the actual nature of the Modi government is very much that of persecution of 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 religious minorities. Um, such as the Muslim population, Dalit, Christians, um, Sikhs. And while the, the Modi government, in a sense, enjoys sort of popular kind of support, and in fact, that kind of level of public support is actually seen within the Indian diaspora, um, within Australia, there's actually a lot of people who are, you know, in fact, opposed to this to this very fascistic kind of um, government. Clifton is going to be reflecting kind of those positions, those perspectives that we're not actually hearing in the kind of mainstream media. And in fact, even the Albanese government sort of says, oh, yeah, you know, when when there's actually, you know, mainstream institutions have actually been talking about Modi's terrible kind of um, track record when it comes to human rights and, and democracy. But, you know, his sort of response is, well, you know, it's not up for me to sort of decide um, to intervene in the affairs of Indian politics. Um, but at the same time, he's also saying, referring to Modi as like the boss. So I think, you know, there's a lot of... um. I think Clifton is going to be bringing a sort of a, a, a clear sort of left-wing kind of grassroots perspective that has actually not been heard in the mainstream media when it comes to countries like India. In fact, I might jump in and add a little bit there because the Australian media for a long time, until very, very recently, probably really until this year, has had zero criticism of Modi in India and zero criticism of the BJP and go on and on about how India is the biggest democracy in the world. And this is despite the fact that Modi's claim to when he started to become well known, um, it was with the massacre of Muslims in Gujarat. And also he and Adani, their fortunes have been totally linked where Adani made his fortune out of Gujarat under Modi's rule um, and they've maintained a close relationship. But the BJP has an openly fascist organisation as part of it, as part of its structure, the RSS, which is based on the Nazi movement in Germany in the 1930s. A lot of Indian leftists tell you that 
it's the situation is way worse in India than it is in the United States because in the United States, while you know the main in the mainstream media there are some more liberal elements of the mainstream media which are critical of the far right in U.S. politics um, and critical of Trump. Um, maybe they're not critical of Biden, who's also a big problem as well. In India. It is, there is zero criticism in the media of Modi. And this is despite the fact that there have been so many pogroms and attack on um, progressive people. And I think now the scale of um, scale of attacks has started to seep out even into the mainstream media in, in Australia now. And I think that's important. And there's also something which is important for the left in Australia and anti-racist movement to have an understanding of is that the BJP is now very well organising the Indian diaspora and they're organising organizing within their uh, intervening in politics, especially within um, their infiltrating Liberal and Labor parties, definitely. Sometimes they've even had some members join the Greens, but maybe that's probably not as likely. They're also, under the guise of multiculturalism, also getting funded on the basis of being Indian and multicultural. And there's a lack of understanding that these are actually, um, this is a, a movement which is, uh, you know, actually has fascist root and is absolutely um, chauvinistic towards all other um, ethnic group and religious groups within India and within the Indian community here. Um, so it is, and this um, group will link up with the far right in Australia, um, the um, Aussie Anglo born and bred far right. So it is sort of important for us to be aware because the left is generally focused in Australia on the far right in the USA and Europe and not really, not the far right in India. And that is all going to link up at some point. You're listening to Stick Together on your local community radio station across the community radio network. We're speaking with Jacob and Sue on some of the issues that are going to be covered at the Eco-Socialism Conference. And on Sunday, I think it is, is um, Lydia Thorpe's going to be speaking. Sovereignty and, and about, um, I assume, talking around the voice as well. Yeah, I guess so I'm just wondering like what Socialist Alliance is kind of thinking about. Uh, do you have a position on the voice that you'll be hoping to kind of speak about around that session as well? Or, you know, is that something that, you know, expect that there'll be some debate that's happening in that session? I'm sure there will be debate um, in that session, but we really feel the need to platform first Nations people and activists who have really rebuilt the First Nations movement and First Nations resistance movement, especially as evident with Invasion Day protests. There are debates, discussions about what sort of tactics to adopt vis-a-vis -vis the voice within the progressive wing of the and militant wing of the First Nations movement, but also the broader left as well. I think there will be some different tactical considerations that people will have but I think it is important that we hear these voices it is important also to make sure that the voice the de debate about the voice doesn't um doesn't crush all other discussion about uh, important campaigns for First Nations community so I think it is important it is great as well as having Lydia Thorpe speaking and really she has been really a key use the par her parliamentary position to really 
amplify the voice of the Black Sovereign Movement, but also it's good to have uh, one of the First Nations activists from the CFMEU speaking as well. You know, I gather there are some different views about the voice within the CFMEU as well. You know, probably our own position in Social Alliance is that have a sort of critical, critical yes position, but you know, really, we uh, certainly don't think the voice is the answer to everything because it is just, as Lydia says, a purely an advisory committee with no power, no teeth, no funding, no ability to implement anything and can be ignored just as it can be listened to. Um, So it's absolutely not the answer. And the more important things would be treaty and from our point of view, uh, way more important where First Nations people have more power. Yeah, so we think it is important to platform voices like Lydia. But Jacob might want to add something. I, I mean to kind of add to this. I mean, we've, I think with the role that we've um, we've kind of attempted to play with this um, voice with this voice department debate is, I mean, for me personally, I also think I also have a political viewpoint that I do not. One of the sh- the challenges um, that the kind this kind of voice department sort of referendum kind of brings is I we do have an analysis that the Albanese government is in a sense using this sort of voice to parliament um, referendum as an attempt to kind of narrow the political debate um, around First Nations um, rights. And so that's why we think it is important, you know, to platform all these sort of militant voices of First Nation voices who have been at the backbone of building uh, the, um, the movement for First Nations justice. I mean, the fact that we've had such massive Invasion Day protests um, in the past several years is a testament to those um, to the efforts of those militant First Nations activists. And we think that it's very important that we, you know, we stand in solidarity with those voices, uh, especially since the Labor Party is attempting to kind of narrow everything to be around, you know, around the discussions around um, the um, around. Um, whether you're going to vote yes or no um, to the voice of the parliament. But of course, yeah, we have a critical yes position, but there's also a number of First Nations activists, uh, militant First Nations activists that have critical yes positions. There's also some that might have, um, that, you know, have a no position as well. But I think it's important that we hear from all those kind of voices and and take um and take on board the political perspectives that they're putting forward. I was thinking, you know, about there's some sessions around, you know, what it means to be kind of organizing within unions today, looking at some of the housing issues as well. You know, just what your kind of sense is we're talking to people around some of these issues and and how the kind of ideas of Marxism and socialism are intersecting with people's kind of lived experience of them at the moment of rising costs of, of living and and you know obviously the you know the housing crisis and and the talk that's going to be focusing on that we do want to bring a socialist perspective into all of these discussions as the housing crisis gets worse and worse more and more people are starting to understand that the market is not capable of solving the issue, although there are some red herrings being thrown out by the developers and politicians at the moment. But I think there are more and more people who are open to an anti-capitalist, certainly an anti-capitalist and hopefully a socialist um, viewpoint to the housing crisis, because even some of the renter protections, which we need to campaign for you know we absolutely need such as rent capping rent freezes um all of the and rental security etc 
Um, none of these necessarily perfect solutions because housing is still um, in the market. And I understand from overseas where there have been a lot more rental protections than there have been in Australia. There are all sorts of ways that landlords get around things such as, you know, rental security, um, you know, in Germany and Spain and various countries where uh, people get five and 10 year leases. So they're not forced to move around constantly like they are in Australia. But um, then I've heard that landlords, because they know they can't kick people out unless someone's absolutely trashed the joint, so they tend to discriminate against people, discriminate against Romani or um, particular migrant groups or discriminate against single parents before they rent out a place to people. And I understand there have been examples with in uh, countries where there's rent capping, there have been ways that landlords have worked out to get around those issues. And I think that it, that does indicate the nature of capitalism where every time you win a particular reform, the, they're working out how to how to get around that reform and um, try and turn that reform against you. And so there's no um, no real solution to any of these issues under capitalism. And in fact, the only solution in terms of housing is to um, reduce the amount of housing that is organ um, you know distributed through the market and maximize the amount of housing that is public housing and public housing is the only actual way of really dealing with the housing crisis yeah anyway hopefully those sort of discussions will come out really loud and clear in the conference um I think that's really important for us to be able to understand the limitations of the reforms um, that can be achieved under capitalism um, and what we need to fight for. It doesn't mean we don't fight for reforms, but we have to be clear about the limitations of some of those reforms, push for more permanent solutions. And just before we're um, going to have to finish up here, I just wanted to mention there's two other sessions excited about as well. And I'm not sure if I'm um, pronouncing the name of, there's a Japanese Marxist academic, Kohai Sato, um, uh, can correct me if that's the wrong pronunciation, but they're doing a session towards the idea of degrowth communism and keynote session that's happening on the Saturday, which I think people should try to get along to. Um, and then also on Saturday night, there's uh, going to be some music and, and speakers and food and, um, you know, time for comrades to get together and, and have a chat and debate the kind of issues and things that they've been, you know, engaging with over the Saturday leading into the Sunday. I mean, just to make a bit of an encouragement for, I guess, any sort of one listening to who uh, is concerning come to the conference, I think, you know, the conference represents, I think, a perfect opportunity to kind of be part of a conference that is attempting to kind of contribute towards the rebuilding of the anti-capitalist kind of movement. It will also be an opportunity to connect with other activists um, who are part from, part from different parts of the world, you know, to be able to share experiences. Um, but it's also a conference that's open to anyone who wants to find out more about left-wing and kind of progressive ideas. Um, we tried to draw up a conference agenda that covers all, you know, some of the key kind of issues that are important, although we weren't able to cover everything. But, you know, we try to cover a good range of sort of topics that are open for yeah, anyone who's sort of interested. If anyone is working during the day and can't get to the conference, it's definitely worth people um, coming and joining us for the performance night on Saturday evening. We'll That'll be in the loading bay at, Victor at Treads Hall and we'll have a range of local performers 
um, Riff Raff, Radical Marching Band, Rotary Hose with Izzy Brown and Francis Evans, Fahad Bandesh and YSK Lightspeed Chamber, you know, will have some good food and so forth and an opportunity to hang out. And I think there might be some other musicians um, performing as well. Um, so definitely if you can't come to the conference because you're working, definitely rock up to the loading bay um, of Trades Hall and, and have a chance to catch up. But even if you can only come to one session, I really do think we really think about the impact of climate change on the struggle for socialism as well, actually has an impact on in terms of tactics, you know, um, how we build a struggle um, is really, really important in this particular era and I think it is really important to have a chance to discuss not just with local socialist activists but socialist activists from a very wide range of experiences from Pakistan, India, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore. The left in Australia needs to um, have an engagement with socialist activists, um, revolutionaries from the global south. I think it is, um, you know, while it is good to relate to the revolutionary movement in, you know, Europe and the USA, I mean, it's also um, very important for us to relate to the movement in the global south. There's a lot we've got to learn from there. Yeah, and I think it uh, is something definitely people should get along to the ecosocialism.org.au website if they want to find out anything further about any of the sessions that we've spoken about. Uh, but yeah, the conference is happening Saturday, July 1, July 2 at Victorian Trades Hall. But I, um, yeah, just thanks to Sue and Jacob. Uh, really appreciate coming on to the show today to talk about the conference. No, thanks heaps um, for the interview, James. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Sue. Thanks, Jacob. Hope the weekend goes well. Yeah, thanks, James, and stick together. Thanks, James. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stick Together on your local community radio station across the community radio network. We've been speaking with Jacob and Sue on some of the issues that are going to be covered at the Eco-Socialism Conference. Thank you to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their support of the program. If you'd like to catch up on any episodes of Stick Together, you can listen to them anytime via the 3CR website or anywhere you normally listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with the producers of the show, then please email sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Stick Together. I've been your host, James Brennan. Until next time, stick together. To finish the show, we're going to hear from Portugal The Man with a track from their new album released 2023, Chris Black Changed My Life, and the song is called Plastic Island.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.